What's happening, everybody? It's the 21st of September, the year 2019, and welcome to another episode of the Amatelica TIS podcast with your host, yours truly, Jai Shields. Got a jam-packed, busy, NFL-filled show for you this week. Going to touch on my Bengals first, uh, falling, falling to 0-2 after getting absolutely punked by the San Francisco 49ers in a home opener last Sunday. I'll touch on Antonio Brown getting cut by the New England Patriots. I'll touch on Lamar Jackson, Kyler Murray. Those two went at it last Sunday in, here in my uh, city of Baltimore. Cowboys win again. They're 2-0. Redskins 0-2. Steelers 0-2. And the season's over. Big Ben is out with uh, elbow injury. I'll get into that. I'll get into Drew Brees out for six weeks with a bad uh, thumb. I'll talk about how, mu- how much concern the Saints should be in. I'll t- also touch on that Saints and Rams game that occurred uh, last Sunday. Eli Manning bench for Daniel Jones, and I'll recap the Thursday night football game, the garbage one that it was with plenty of ref ball and referees galore, even Tom Brady had to uh, take the Twitter to express his uh, disdain for the officials, uh, here's Tom Brady gets every breaking on the man, and he's out there, uh, you know, basically killing the referees, but that doesn't mean it was wrong, it just means that, you know, out of all people to call out the officials and officiating and let the guys play and anything else beat Tom Brady. And also, pre, uh, the two big Week 3 games, Ravens and Chiefs and Rams-Browns, I'll preview that and give you my Week 3 picks a little bit later on in the program. But first things first, you know me, I'm a Bengals fan, I'm always going to lead with them if they do something worth leading and worth noting. And that's a fact, ladies and gentlemen, my Cincinnati Bengals are 0-2 under new, new head coach Zach Taylor and under this new coaching staff and everything else. And their home opener against the San Francisco 49ers, they got absolutely punched in the mouth 41-17. to They had Jimmy Garoppolo basically turn into Joe Montana with 17 for 25 through, through for 296 passing yards and three touchdowns. And basically had Matt Burita basically run all over him with 12 carries, 121 yards rushing on the ground. And uh, and offensively for the Bengals, Andy Dalton, you know, top five in the league in uh, passing yards. But I can give a crap about that. Main point is he was 26 for 42, 311 passing yards, two touchdowns, and an interception. Joe Mixon did absolutely nothing in the game. 11 carries, 17 yards is completely unacceptable. Tyler Boyd, though, and John Ross have had two both, even though despite the fact we're on two, the bright spots of the Cincinnati offense, Despite the fact we've we haven't we, despite the fact that we've only scored twenty points or less in both games so far, but the bright spots are is that it looks like that John Ross has finally come around despite his injury problems and is finally starting to find find his way. He's had four receptions for one hundred and twelve. Uh, receiving yards and a touchdown on Sunday. Now that touchdown was in garbage time. It's still a touchdown. It's a touchdown. Tyler Boyd, 10 receptions, 122 yards receiving as well. So both receivers doing a good job replacing for A.J. Green and Dalton. Of course, top five in the league in passing. So the passing game should be there. And against decent, I mean, we should beat the Bills. But then again, it's the Bungles. You never know. My thoughts on a game. I was. I'm not. I'm not gonna go crazy. I'm not gonna go out on a rant. I'm not gonna lose my mind. Go on a 25 minute. I'm not gonna do all that. 
But the point is that the Bengals just have, basically have to show up and play better. Okay, week one, week two. Okay, you played a very competitive game that you easily could have won at against Seattle. Okay, you made Seattle work to get their first win of the season. You you showed guts. You showed grit under a new coaching staff that something that what hasn't been seen before when Marvin Lewis was in charge. So you had that, then you go home. You play as you play an inf- inferior to Seattle. You play an inferior, uh, less talented Forty Nine er team at home. Your first, your first home game since uh, week fifteen. Week I think week fifteen when you guys beat the Lions, if I'm not mistaken. Your first or week 13, 14, whatever one. Anyway, it's your first home game of note since late December of last season. You got a new head coach, new coaching staff. You, even though you guys didn't win, you looked pretty. You looked pretty. You looked pretty good against the Seattle Seahawks, who many expect to uh, to give the Rams headaches as far as winning the division is concerned. And a team who I think is going to go to the NFC Championship game, but. You gave them fits, and then you come home and you and you wet the bed against the San Francisco 49ers. I mean, forty-one to seventeen. I mean, if I had a nickel for every single missed tackle, missed tackle I saw, I I I I'd be rolling in money. You can't win ball games giving up five hundred and seventy-one total yards offense, allowing Jimmy Garoppolo to basically become the second coming of Joe Montana, throwing for three hundred and twenty-seven, three hundred twenty-seven yards. And you cannot, under any circumstances, allow them to ha- to go fifty-five percent on third down, and have and have them have two more penalties than you, and you still lose the ball game. This loss is entirely, entirely on the defense. They let they they were out there too long. They, they couldn't get off the field. Again, 55% on third down. They can't get off the field. Third down, missed tackles, blown coverages, blown service. Cannot under any circumstances happen if the Bengals expect to make any kind of noise in the 2019 season. And not too many people think they're going to make much of noise to begin with. But still, you can't under any circumstances miss tackles, blow coverages, and basically allow them to have like these uh, allow these drives that do nothing but milk the clock. You cannot have that under any circumstances. The defense has to has to has to has to has to play better. Okay, no perfect. Perfect's gone. Pac-Man's no excuses. You're healthy for the most part. No excuses. And you have a, and you, even though he's an offensive-minded coach, but you have a new coaching staff. And you and you made and you made Russell Wilson and them work to get those twenty one points. They weren't easy to come by. He made them work. Looks like to me, you guys just gave him forty one points and said, "Ah, why? Uh, why not? What? What the hell?" You guys have to play better. Bottom line, you have to have to have to have have to play better. You guys go a road game against the Buffalo Bills. We got a little bit. Who got? Who have a little bit of uh, momentum going? have a little bit of momentum going, winning the first two games of the season, both at MetLife Stadium. Granted, they were against the Jets and the Giants, but still, they got a little bit of momentum going. They're 2-0. They got a nice little quarterback. The fan base is feeling sugar and spice and everything nice. You guys got to go into Buffalo tomorrow and take care of business. Bottom line, because you cannot, under any circumstances, go down 0-3 or else the season's over. You cannot, under any circumstances, lose to the Buffalo Bills on the road. And it's not like that you guys' schedule gets well, gets any easier outside of the outside of the Steelers Monday night game, the outside of the Steelers Monday night game, the Cardinals might give you a fit, 
but that should be a winnable ball game. But then, but then, but then you guys, but then you guys have the Raven, but then you guys have the Ravens twice in a in a uh, in a four game period from October thirteenth to November tenth. So you have the Ravens twice, and then you have the Rams, and everybody was writing off the Jaguars, and now it looks like the Jaguars still could could uh, make could, could be a good football team with that guy Minshew as as their quarterback. So uh, you, you guys kind of have to. If you guys want to think about making a nine and seven, nine and seven, nine and seven, Lord willing, ten and six push as a wild card team, or swipe the division right from uh, Cleveland or Baltimore, you guys gotta wake. You guys gotta. You guys gotta gotta get it together, quick, fast, and in a hurry, or else this season will get away from you quick. Terrible job by the defense again. One more time. Can't win when you're fifty five percent on third down. Missing tackles all over the place, blown coverage assignments, and you basically make Jimmy Garoppolo out to be Joe Montana. Can't win football games under any, any, any circumstances, and you cannot, under any circumstances, get beat by an inferior 49ers team and your home opener with a new coaching staff after you looked like and showed to the world that you looked like you could be for real. Or at least, or at least competitive and not as bad as everybody thought you were because you made Seattle claw. To beat you in week one. And that place is not an easy place to play under any circumstances. No less for a first year head coach in his first in his first regular season NFL game. You guys have to play better against Buffalo. Have to. Have to. Have to. Take a break. Come back. Talk to Antonio Brown and we cap week two of the NFL. This is for you, Antonio Brown. If you can't make it in New England, you can't make it anywhere. If New England has to cut you, you are a dead man walking in the NFL. Rape charges and inappropriate text messages or not even your burner phone, Antonio. What is wrong with you? Literally, we're rewarded for getting bad behavior should hit your knees every night you have a job and sponsorships from Zenith and Nike and everything else and you pissed it down the toilet. You want to rape women? You want to be a locker room cancer? You want to piss away two 
chances at money in less than two weeks, then I got something for you, Antonio Brown. Goodbye to you! Goodbye to you! That's how you want to act, Antonio Brown? You want to sit up here and rape women? Throw teammates underneath the bus? That's what you want to do now? If you can't make it with the Patriots, again, you cannot make it anywhere. What, who are you going to sign with? The Redskins? The Cowboys? Those teams are not, repeat, not, I'm talking to you, Skip Bayless, are not competing for Super Bowl 54 title. Hey! You want to piss everything away, Antonio? This is what you get! Goodbye to you! Goodbye to you! I hope you share a cell with Felipe Vasquez! Good night! Sayonara! Bonjour! Aloha! See ya later! See ya! Don't wanna be ya! Welcome back to the I'm a Tell Like TIS podcast with your host, Giant Shields. Recap week two of the NFL. Right after this. Welcome back to Amatel Like a TIS podcast. Now we will recap week two. I had to get the Antonio Brown thing out the way. Well, what a joke he is. He deserves everything that he gets. Everything. What a clown he is. Now let's get to the actual football events of week two. First off, with start with the Cardinals and the Ravens. Two Heisman Trophy winners in Kyler Murray and Lamar. Jackson, Ravens won the ball game. In case you forgot, twenty-three to seventeen. They, the Ravens improved to two and zero, and have sole possession of first place in the AFC North with the Browns in second place at one and one, and Bungles and Stillers in the basement at zero and two. The Cardinals go to they tied Detroit in their first game. They go to zero one and one. And we'll get to their uh, week three game a little bit later on in the program. But let's recap this game. Uh, it, was, it was a good, I tell you, it was a good football game. And Kyle Murray proved why he belongs in the NFL and why he, he basically showed us why he chose to pick the NFL over uh, Major League Baseball. He went 25 for 40, threw for 349 yards, didn't throw a touchdown pass. But he didn't throw a, he didn't throw a touchdown pass. But he uh, spread the wealth around with his receivers, Christian Kirk. Who? What? Yeah, six sevens, one hundred and fourteen hundred and fourteen yards off of eight targets. Late Fitzgerald was targeted eleven times, caught five p- passes for one hundred and four yards. That guy is a sure first ballot Hall of Famer if if, he, if we ever saw one. He did fumble in the ball game. Commerce got to work on. Uh, Securing that football when he when he runs, he had three rushing attempts for four yards and he fumbled. But uh, so the, again, the Ravens defense will always keep him in the ball game. The Ravens defense, I always say, the Ravens defense guarantees the Ravens about at, at least at the minimum eight eight wins a year because of how good that uh, defense, especially at home, that defense is at home is not to be messed with under any circumstances. But uh, Kyle Murray, you know, he he stuck with he stuck he stuck with Lamar Jackson a couple a couple times in the game. 
Uh, and when you have Larry Fitzgerald as your wide receiver, he definitely comes in handy as well. But the Ravens, they're a good football team. 24 for 37, uh, 272 yards, two touchdown passes off of uh, Lamar Jackson. He had had a, had another good uh, day throwing the football. But he but at the same time, boy, what a job he did rushing the football. 16 rush 16 rushes for 120 yards. So Lamar Jackson definitely kept the uh Cardinals defense guessing in the ball game throwing throwing for about less than 30 yards shot for 300 yards, two touchdown passes and he ran for over 100 yards as the team's leading rusher with 120. Mark Ingram had 13 carries, 47 yards. And Mark Andrews receiving, he their leading receiver in the ball game had eight receptions, 112 receiving yards, and a touchdown off of nine targets. Marquise Brown didn't have as big as a game as he had last week. He had eight receptions for for 86 receiving yards, but he still had quite a decent ball game. And with the Ravens, you know what a what 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 do you want me to say? I mean, they, I mean, granted they played the Dolphins and the Cardinals the first two games of the season. But but at the same time, they they are a good football team. You got to give them credit where credit is due. Moving on to the t- to the game right down the uh, right down the uh, the Baltimore Washington uh, Beltway, or not all the way to Washington D.C., but make a little stop at outside of Washington D.C. in Landover, Maryland. That's where the Cowboys and the Redskins. Faced off uh, last Sunday, last Sunday, Cowboys coming into this game at having absolutely stomped all over the Giants in their season opener at home. Redskins in their home opener looking to uh, even up their record at one and one after choking away a 19 point lead against the uh, Wash. Excuse me, against the Philadelphia Eagles in Week One, letting Deshaun Jackson basically take in this 2010 vengeance form and go all over the defense. This time, it was Dak Prescott, at a, really outside of Dak Prescott's interception that he had early in the first quarter. He and the Cowboy offense was immaculate in the game. Zeke, especially, who who he always kills, the Cowboys, had 23 rushing attempts for 111 rushing yards and a touchdown. Meanwhile, Dak was 26 for 30, 269 yards, three touchdowns, one interception in the ball game. So, I mean, if you're if you're skip base, if you're a Cowboy fan, if you're someone who want, who thinks Dak should get paid, he's doing a good job. He's doing a good job right now to help his case if you ask me because boy, what a jo- what a job he's done in the first couple of games. Granted, granted they were inferior opponents against, you know, the Giants first game, Redskins the second game, and Redskins defense is not that good under any circumstances, but Still, when you come out and you start the season two and zero against your division rivals, and you play pretty well in both the games, it's you know it it, it counts for something. So any any single time you beat the your division rival, no matter who it is, it's it you know it's 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 a, a good thing. Whether you're expecting a contract or just on the wins and losses standpoint. On the Redskins side, Redskins look they got to play better. Redskins cannot in any circumstances. Allow the Cowboys to have 474 total yards offense, allow 223 rushing yards on the ground, have the Red, have the Cowboys average seven yards a play, 
and and basically cannot let them be a hundred you know five for five, you know they can't let them be perfect on third down redskins were 22 percent on third down every single time they looked at third down they either had to punt the ball or kick a field goal meanwhile the redskins they got you know faced with third down they were moving the chains they had 63 percent on third down and they let the cowboys milk the clock which is what happens when you have zeke touch the ball 20 20 uh something times so the cow, so the Redskins on their side of the ball, they 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 have to play better. They have to play better if they if they want if they want to make a push for the division or wild card spot because you could, it's bad enough they went in there and that they choked the that they choked the lead against the Eagles last or excuse me back in week one, but then you get beat at home. And and the game was not as close as it looked, folks. I mean, at at one point in the game, the the Redskins were down by three scores. So keep that in mind, and when you and you can't, you can't under any circumstances be zero two, especially if when your two losses are to division opponents. And it doesn't get any better because you play the Bears at home, who granted Mr. Trubisky isn't that isn't a big time quarterback, but their defense is no joke. Uh, even though Case Keenum isn't the problem, the defense the defense is no joke. And the and the Redskins never play well on Monday Night Football to begin with. Anyway, they get a break. They pay the Giants Week Four, so that should be an easy win. They pay the Patriots, who they do they don't have a chance in hell to beat on uh, October the sixth. They play the Dolphins, who they should. So they have a couple. So they have winnable games in the month of October outside of the Patriots game. But if they want to make a push, they gotta straighten up and uh, fly right and uh, quick, fast. And in a hurry. Uh, switching gears now to the Steelers and the Seahawks. Seahawks coming into this game having beat my Bungles by uh, by one point, twenty-one to twenty in Week One, uh, playing their first road game of the season, starting out their season with back-to-back games against AFC North opponents. Uh, the rematch these two teams played and played in uh, two in two thousand five in Super Bowl forty. Uh, in Detroit, Michigan, at a Ford at a Ford Field. Uh, meanwhile, Steelers coming into this game, their home opener, looking to looking to basically change change the narrative, change everything that went wrong, and looking to do a complete three sixty of what or a complete one eighty, excuse me, of how they performed Week One on the road against uh, the Patriots on Sunday night and back in Week One, and the Steelers absolutely. I mean, they they won. They lost the game by two points, but their season's over. In case you haven't heard, or in case you forgot, Ben Roethlisberger out for the season, elbow injury, going to have surgery. And when he is basically the, you know, Juju's good, but he's not. You know, he's not great. He's no. I love Juju, but he's no Antonio Brown as far as talent, high end talent is concerned. It's starting to show that the season that James Conner had last year was more of a fluke. As he only as he touched the ball eleven times for thirty three yards, you know that they you they could use Le'Veon Bell in the worst way. Juju Smith Schuster had five seconds, eighty four yards, uh, receiving. The Vance McDonald didn't do much either. Seven receptions, thirty eight yards, two touchdowns though. But the bottom line is, with no Ben Roxberger, who's twelve for nineteen with one hundred and twelve passing yards and two touchdowns in the action that he saw in the game with an interception. Or excuse me, that's Mason Rudolph, excuse me. He was Roethlisberger was eight fifteen with seventy five yards passing in the game. 
the bottom line is the Steelers season. The Steelers season is over. Their their 2019 campaign is over, and it looks like it's the beginning of of uh, of, of uh, hard times for the Pittsburgh Steelers. If you ask me, this is the team that I can see hitting the basement and hitting the and hitting the basement hard, because this is because this is a team that is going to need draft picks. And looks like that they it looks like that their window that they have had now it's been it's been shut for a while, but the Big Ben injury was the, was the final nail in the coffin and was and was the and was the sort of the coup de gras to the Steelers' chances of winning a seventh Super Bowl and at least keeping pace with the New England Patriots because it looks like that the Patriots are on their way and could most likely win. A seventh Super Bowl before it's all said and done. At least by year 2022, they they could very easily win a seventh Super Bowl and break that tie that they have with the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers with winning their sixth championship back in February, beating uh, the Rams and that snooze fest. But the Steelers' season and their championship window is closed. Their championship window is closed, and their season or seasons, for that matter, is over. You might as well fire. You might as well. You honestly, if we're the Rooney's, you might as well fire Tomlin, clean house, see what you can, see if you can trade any draft picks for Juju, and basically start the team out fresh with the clean slate because you're not because you're not winning anything because you're not winning anything with Mason Rudolph at quarterback. I'm sorry, not in that division. We have not in that division. We have to give it a chance to play the Ravens twice and the Browns. And the and and without Ben Roethlisberger, no high end talent. The the Bengals and Steelers are on a, on an equal level playing field, and the Bengals have a better roster on paper than the Steelers do. So you got to take that into the equation, and then you also got to take it, and then you also got to take into account the fact the fact that the Steelers have to play. That the Steelers have no easy easy schedule under any circumstances. And you also have to take into account that they have to play that they have to play the Chargers, they have to play the the AFC West, which is the Rams and the 49ers, and and the Cardinals with Kyler Murray, so they'll be competitive. So then you got so you got to take that into account. And uh, and I'm sorry to all the Steeler. <coughs> excuse me, all the Steeler fans out there, and all the I I hate to break it to you, but. Your season is over, and your window has slammed, has once has finally come full circle and slammed closed, hard shut in your face. And you guys have nobody else to blame with you but yourselves because there was no reason why you guys shouldn't have at least been to one Super Bowl with that core high flying offense that you guys have. But you, but you guys got your own way, and you pissed it all away. So the Steelers. They're on to this season right now. I'm here to tell you on Saturday at the time of recording this, at Saturday, September 21st, 2019, I'm here to tell you guys that the Pittsburgh Steelers season is O-V-E-R, over. Ben Roethlisberger's career is over. This window of of, uh, of uh, competing for a championship, that is over. So Steelers might as well rip it up. Fire everybody who needs to be fired and clean slate and start fresh because they are not winning 
quarterback with Mason Rudolph, James Conner, and Juju Smith-Schuster as their offensive weapons, and still that and still that disgusting, god awful defense that they have. That's been an issue for I don't know how many years now, especially the secondary. Switching gears now to uh, switching gears now to the late games and the Rams and the Saints. Drew Brees out six weeks hurt his thumb on throwing a pass at when his right hand hit the palm of uh, Rams defensive uh, lineman Aaron Donald. He actually had to miss some time a little bit because he had a bit of a back issue, but he should be all good for week three. But Drew Brees is going to be out. He didn't break it. Thank thank the good Lord. And good news for Saints fans and good news for me who predict them to go to the Super Bowl, but he will miss some time. And with the one and one Saints having to play the Seahawks tomorrow in Seattle, the, uh, the Saints have a long, long, long road ahead of them. For them to execute my pick and picking them to go to Super Bowl, to win the NFC and and play in Super Bowl Fifty Four come February two thousand and twenty, but they lost to the Rams twenty seven to nine on uh, Sunday. Teddy Bridgewater, in the most he played the majority of the game, wasn't terrible, but he's no Drew Brees. Uh, seventeen completions for thirty passing attempts, one hundred and sixty-five yards passing. Drew Brees with the quick little time is in the game. Rams offense really couldn't get anything going. It's three for five with thirty-eight yards passing and an interception. Alvin Kamara couldn't get much running on the ground. Third, I mean, when you have no Drew Brees in the game and it's Teddy Bridgewater, you basically anticipate a lot of Alvin Kamara, and the Rams defense certainly did. With thirteen rushing, uh, with thirteen carries, forty-five yards for Alvin Kamara, Michael Thomas and company really didn't do much of anything either. As the Saints only scored, as the Saints were held the field goals one one for each quarter in the second, third, and fourth quarter couldn't find the end zone. Uh, and and quick before I get to the Rams part, that that the fact the NF, the fact that the officials uh, blew that play dead. When when the Saints could have scored before halftime, but had to settle for a field goal, it was an absolute disgrace. I mean, how many times are the Saints really going to are are going to get are going to get screwed, are going to are going to get screwed and and catch the wrong and catch the wrong end of the officials? I mean, how 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 I mean, how many times? How many how many how many times are the Rams basically going to catch the bad back? Uh, Back end of of, of these uh, of these uh, crappy uh, calls from from the referees. I mean, you do not blow the I. I mean, it's funny they blow the whistle and they're on top of things when they shouldn't be on top of it. But when they are supposed to be on top of it and blow the whistle, you know they 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 don't know what to do with themselves. You know, Nickel Roby Coleman. You know. Passing, you know, any pass interference, helmet, the helmet. Nope, nope, the, no, we didn't see anything. But yet, when it's a clear fumble, the ball clearly went out of Goff's hand. I mean, he's if you watch it again, he's he's his arm is going forward without the ball in his hand. The the arm, his arm is going forward without the ball in his hand. Literally, he's literally trying to throw a football when there's no football in his hand. The ball slipped out, but it's on the ground. That's a live ball. That's a fumble, and the Saints should have had a touchdown. And who knows what the outcome of this football game would have been. 
I mean, maybe the Rams will still have won, but I, but I guarantee the score probably would have been 27-17 rather than it being a 20-27-9. I, I can tell you that much. The, a, ter- a terrible, terrible, terrible job of the officials. Jared Goff, 19 for 20, 283 passing yards, a touchdown, uh, touchdown uh, pass. Todd Gurley had an okay game, 16 carries. Uh, for 63 yards and a touchdown. Cooper Cup had a big game, five receptions for 120 yards. Brandon Cooks three receptions for 74 yards and a touchdown. But and me personally, uh, and me personally, I'm not convinced that the Rams are are a better team than the Saints are. I mean, call me crazy, call me whatever you want. Tweet at me at the J underscore Shield. I don't care. I I just don't feel convinced that the Rams. I didn't feel convinced after the NFC Championship game, and I don't feel convinced now that the Rams are a better team than the Saints. I just don't. I I I I mean, when you're going up against Teddy Bridgewater, we gotta we gotta we we gotta we gotta take take it easy a little bit, and and I and I guarantee if you put the Saints to the Super Bowl against the Patriots, I'm not sure the Patriots. Have this six Super Bowl, and if they do, it's uh, it's one of those tight, nitty gritty, uh, exciting football games. You know where the offense makes the Patriots defense work a little bit, makes them sweat a little bit. Not basic, not the Rams when they basically go in there and Jared Goff forgets how to throw a football, and the Rams' offensive uh, attack is practically inept in the game. But the Saints are in a heap of trouble, and they basically have to somehow ham and egg their way. To at least at the at the at the least three and three at the best six and zero, and at the and at the what's and what's the realistic best four and two until Breeze gets back because this team could be in a world of trouble if they go one and five or two and four in these next uh, six game uh, stretches. By the time Breeze gets back, they could be in a heap of trouble. Uh, t- uh, two th- uh, two little uh, nuggets to get to. Then I'll get to the break. Now recap the Thursday night football game. Uh, Eli Eli Manning bench for Daniel Jones early in the week. Eli Manning's career, at least in New York, it should be over again. And I and this will be topic of conversation for the next couple of years to come. But and I don't care what any Giant fan tells me. I don't care what some New York columnist says. I don't care what Mike Francesa says. I could care less what the giant fan says and thinks. I don't care. Eli Manning, he got best for Daniel Jones, so let's just get that out there. Daniel Jones make his first career start in the NFL uh, tomorrow for the the for the New York Football Giants. So we got to get that out the way. But the second thing is Eli Manning is not a Hall of Famer under any circumstances, and don't give me he's won and don't give me he's won two Super Bowls against Brady and Belichick. Okay. First off, first off, his outs again outside of the of the drive with the Tyree catch and Puxico Burris in the back of the end zone. That that was the de- that was the defense that won that game for him. The defense that Tom Tom Brady's offense lit up lit up the field that season. Went under went undefeated went eighteen and zero for a reason. That de- I mean they they only managed to let they only managed for uh, the Patriots to, to score fourteen points, a touchdown in the second quarter and, and a touchdown in the fourth quarter. So so let so let let's 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 dial it down a bit, okay? What it wasn't like Eli was uh, 
you know, was uh, the the main the, was like the primary was like the star of the game. He had no bit. He had no. He had no business winning the MVP in that game. Nineteen for nineteen for thirty four, two hundred fifty five passing yards, two touchdowns, and interception. It's not a. It's not a Super Bowl MVP, Hall of Fame performance. The fact that the defense held, held, uh, held Tom Brady two hundred sixty six. You know, basically f- held them to fourteen points the entire game. That that, in my opinion, speaks more volumes. I'm sorry. So the first, the first Super Bowl, the defense won that for him. When you hold a team that was that was undefeated in the game, and you were and the Patriots were favored by twelve points, and the defense holds you to, again outside of the final drive, but still, he's he's not a Hall of Fame quarterback, and he played and he played well in the second game. Eli Manning is not a Hall of Fame quarterback under any circumstances. He 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 he. Just isn't. I mean, I mean, let me pull up Eli Manning's stats right quick. I mean, let me let me pull these up. Okay, in his career, made two-time Super Bowl champion, two-time Super Bowl MVP, first week shouldn't have won, four-time Pro Bowler. Walter Payton, man, I mean, this is a guy, I mean, he doesn't, I mean, no MVPs, no Offensive Player of the Year's. I mean, it's it's the two championships and four Pro Bowls, and that's about it. I mean, and Walter Payton Man of Year does not count for Hall of Fame under any circumstances because just because you, because that 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 when it comes for the Hall of Fame, nice guys and crap like that, that that all goes out the window. But essentially, has two championships and four. I that's that's not a Hall of Fame. That's not a Hall of Fame resume. I mean, I'm I'm sorry. I I don't care what anybody says, and what I'm not interested in. I'm not interested in that. I, I mean, I I'm I'm not interested, and I don't care about the Iron Man and him playing, in, in all those consecutive games. This isn't baseball where it's 162 a season. Uh, you know, it's 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 football. It's 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 once a week. You know, it's. It's 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 not the same. It's not the same as it is in the other sports. It's it's granted it's the most violent sport, but it's once a week. You know, baseball is 162 games over a six month period. You're playing every day. You gotta travel and you know things like that. Football, it's 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 uh it's one game a week, 16 weeks out of the season. That's about four. That's like four and a half months long. I mean, I mean. I'm I'm sorry. He's just not, he's a good quarterback, but he's not a Hall of Famer. I mean, outside the Giant fan, go go. I mean, I mean with the NFL, he doesn't have that much most fourth quarter touchdown passes in the season. Fifteen two thousand eleven. That's not a record that like anyone's gonna recall off the top of the head. You know, tied most game when it drives the season. Okay, that's tied, but again, he you know he doesn't have it. He shares it with somebody. Longest pass completion and touchdown ninety nine. You know, that's not a Hall of Fame record. That's Guinness. That's Guinness Book of World Record type stuff. Only QB with he has like these little niche records and records on little stats and nuggets that you wouldn't have known unless someone like him got the record. He doesn't second all time most consecutive starts. That's not ha- anything Hall of Fame. I mean, I'm, uh, most passing yards in a single postseason. All right, fine, 2011. But that's one time. 
you know, Hall of Famers is able to do that, you know, to quite, you know, more more than once when they play in the playoffs. You know, Brady, Breeze. I mean, come on, let's let's be honest. And don't sit up here and give me well. And and he's had, and let's be honest, folks. Eli Manning has had a terrible, terrible ending to his career. I mean, I mean, do we do we, do I have to pull it up? Since 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 their Super Bowl, since their 2011 Super Bowl winning season, e- e- Eli Manning most in the NFL in losses with 66, most interceptions with 112 of them, and second most with 57 fumbles. And and my t- and I'm simply having a Twitter debate with my ma- with my main man uh, Jake Biggs, my football teammate. He's and he's simply trying to tell me that, well, look at his offensive line. Well, yeah, his offensive line's been trashed, but he's got to take some responsibility for some of his shortcomings. I mean, this is quote-unquote a Hall of Famer. Offensive line really shouldn't be that big of a deal. Do you think Tom Brady always had the best offensive line in football? No, of course he didn't. What, what, what every quarterback in the Hall of Fame had basically the uh, the Hogs offensive lines in front of him? I mean, let's let's be honest. I mean... He is not a Hall of Fame quarterback. He is a more he is a good Hall he's a good quarterback. He's not a Hall of Fame quarterback and he's definitely not an immortal. And anyone who isn't a Giant fan and has a little bit of objectivity that knows how to how to look at and evaluate and analyze talent and skill and player ability knows that when you are watching a Giant fan, you do not watch him and go, Ah, that is a Hall of Fame quarterback. He, I mean, I mean, he, he, he. I mean, I'm sorry, Eli Manning is. He's not a Hall of Fame quarterback. He's good. He outside of two championships, he didn't do a lot. We gotta be honest. In his most recent playoff game, he did. You know, tell Odell to quit farting around on the uh, on the boat and let's get going. But I mean, you know, he lost that game. He's. I mean, he's has. I mean, he has quite a few playoff. He has quite a few playoff losses on his resume. I mean, I mean, he he's 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 good, but he's not a Hall of Famer. Hall of Fame means ah, you you got it's got to pass the eye test. That when I'm looking at him, that is a Hall of Famer. He's got to pass the eye test. He 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 has to have something special about him that that set that's that has him set apart. You know. 2005, you know, 17 interception. I mean, look, I mean, look, let's just look at this decade alone. I mean, let's just look at this decade alone. For, I mean, let I mean, let's 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 look. 25 interceptions in 2010 with the 85 with the 85 pass with the 85 uh passer rating with a 62% completion percentage. Through 27 interceptions in 2013, I mean this guy is a turnover machine. This guy has thrown tw- for tw- this guy has thrown 20 or more interceptions three straight three three not three straight but three times in his career. Three times, and 60 percent completion percentage. That's not a Hall of Fame with an 84 with an 84 pa- with an 84 passer rating. That's that's not Hall of Fame. It 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 just is not, and just because you're great, just because you're a good borderline great postseason player, that doesn't mean you are necessarily a Hall of Fame player. Okay, Andy Pettit is not in the Hall of Fame. 
Why? Because outside of even though the postseason means a lot, you you gotta you gotta be consistent with your high performance. It basically what you basically doing. You tell everybody is that when the games matter and and when your back's pressed up against the wall and when the and when the knife is is, when a blade of the knife is about is about is about uh, a uh, a toenail away from away from your flesh is when you is when you play your best. There's a reason why. Bernie Williams is not in the Hall of Fame. It's the reason why Andy Pettis not in the Hall of Fame in baseball. It's the reason why that I don't care what anybody says, but it's the reason why guys like Julian Edelman and Chris Hogan and and Patriots little uh, go to guys. That's the reason why that they're not getting into the Hall of Fame. I mean, playing in a postseason is is good, but it's not everything. With a Hall of Fame player, you got to have the complete package. You know, Peyton's one of the greatest offensive quarterbacks ever, greatest uh, regular season quarterbacks ever played the game, and he has two Super Bowls. And don't sit up here and give me, well, not every quarterback is Tom Brady who can basically play out the rest of their career at old age and play well. Nonsense, okay? Brett, let, let me list all the quarterbacks that have played in uh, Drew Brees, throughout Drew Brees' career that's uh, knock, that's knocking on four that's played well. And, and newsflash, it's not just Tom Brady, okay? Brees, he's, he's, he's in that same age group as... Uh, as uh, Eli Manning is okay. Dude's put in his late thirties, still perform, still playing in NFC Championship games, making the playoffs. Now, as Drew Brees have a, have a, have has had a couple of you know five and eleven seasons every now and then, yes. But for the most part, he's played pretty well and is still set records at at an at a uh, quote unquote advanced stage for the game today. Okay, so you got that into the equation. Big Ben. He somehow, some way, he finds his way. He finds his way to ham and egg the Steelers to about eight, nine wins a season. I mean, you forget the Steelers won nine games in 2018, given everything that went on with them. Okay, that's two. Brett Favre played into his 40s, and in his second last season in the league, played in in an a in a NFC Championship game. I mean, I mean, may I continue? Kurt Warner, as his career was winding down, played in another Super Bowl when he was with the Cardinals. John Elway won back-to-back when he was in his late 30s as a member of the Broncos. So don't sit up here and give me this excuse about old age. I mean, not, I mean, I, granted, granted there's only one Tom Brady's only one GOAT greatest of all time. But even that, but even with Tom Brady, it's not like that Tom Brady. Now, have we seen anything like this? No, but... It, Let's let's stop being surprised with quarterbacks that are playing in their mid to late thirties into the early forties and still playing at a high level, playing in playing in playoffs and being competitive in them. Okay, those quarterbacks have done that. Eli Manning has not. Okay, they haven't won a playoff game since they beat New England Super Bowl forty six, a playoff game. And since that playoff appearance, I, they've made the, the. And since the Super Bowl championship run, they've made the playoffs one time, and that was in 2016. They played one time, once. And outside of two Super Bowl, outside of two Super Bowl runs, the Giants have been one and done in the playoffs with Eli Manning. 
2005, 2006, 2008, 2016. One and done in the playoffs. One game and they're out. Outside, outside of the two Super Bowl runs. He's a good quarterback. Not a Hall of Famer. Anyway, get off of that. Have plenty of time to discuss Eli Manning and Hall of Fame. Second thing. Jalen Ramsey, quarter cornerback for the Jacksonville Jaguars, says that he wants to trade. News looks like that the uh, that the uh, Jaguars won't be so eager to trade him at this point in time in the season. He wants to trade simply because I don't know if he wants the team now. And I'll get to Jack- Jacksonville's performance against uh, the Titans in, uh, later on in the program. But I mean, he wanted to trade because basically he had. He had a little beef with Doug Marone going for two in their loss last week against the Texans. But, uh, but I mean, not it says not imminent for the Jaguars as of this moment. But, I mean, he want, he wants to trade. And Jalen Ramsey's got to learn how to tone it down a little bit. He's getting a little bit too big for his britches and becoming a little bit too much of a loud mouth. For my take and for or for my taste, and I'm pretty sure it taste for a lot of Jaguars fans everywhere and members of the uh, of the front office because this is a guy that you know who thinks he's Deion Sanders but isn't has a chance to be too, but he isn't that great. Let's let's take it easy. Speaking of uh, Jalen Ramsey, we'll touch on his at least for at least now for the time being. We'll touch on his current team and the Jacksonville Jaguars and how they played against the Tennessee Titans. Next, only on the like TIS podcast. Back after this, welcome back to the like TIS podcast. Real quick, if you want to uh, express your opinion on on the Eli Manning is a Hall of Fame uh, issue. You can go to the show's Twitter page at, and the Twitter handle is at i t i l i t double i s. The I would tell like a TI is with Josh Shields' official Twitter page. That is what it is. You can go and get our, uh, or if you follow it, you should already be in your uh, home screen. You gotta go back to about uh, seven this morning, but the question is uh, from yesterday, but the question on the twentieth. But the question is: is Eli Manning Hall of Famer? It's split fifty-fifty down the middle. Half you guys say yes, he beat the goat. Second half of you guys agree with me and say no, he is not. And also, while you're there, you can also vote on another poll. Or that's uh, another question. Uh, that's that is relating relating to Antonio Brown, asking has Antonio Brown played his last game in the NFL? Eighty one of you guys say yes. He's finished. He's done. Through finished. Kaput. And nineteen percent of you guys say no. He's a Hall of Fame talent. He will play again. So be sure to check those out on Twitter. Second thing before we get to Thursday night. Uh, Next uh, next weekend's episode, we'll have a little bit just to, you know just to give you guys a little heads up. It won't be all football all the time during the football season. We gotta work in a little bit of Major League Baseball as we soon approach the month of October because their uh, postseason, their playoffs is sh- shortly uh, coming. And the next episode that I will have for you, I'll get I'll get I'll get into a little bit of a, a postseason uh, preview. As far as uh, Major League Baseball is concerned. And I'm not sure yet, but I might end up doing two shows 
do one solely in NFL and then do a and then do a uh, put and then do a postseason preview show. I'm not sure yet, but just let you guys stay tuned for that. Uh, moving on to week three of the NFL. Now that I've gotten that two items of business out the way. Uh, the Jaguars beat the beat their division rival Tennessee Titans on Thursday night in a sloppy ref ball flag filled mess on the NFL Network, which uh, was not good for Roger Goodell and the boys as that game probably stunk ratings wise. Why they continue to put Jackson quirky teams like Jacksonville and Tennessee on Thursday night football I'll never understand, but nevertheless Jacksonville won twenty to seven. Tennessee falls to one and two. Jacksonville gets their first win of the season, all with albeit with their quarterback uh, Gardner Minshew at, at uh, QB. He was twenty for thirty, for two hundred and four yards passing and two touchdowns in the game. Leonard Fournette did nothing in the game, and the receivers really did nothing much in the game. Passing Marcus Mariota, who's a, who, who's a who. I honestly have no idea what my opinion is of Marcus Mariota. He has the potential to be a good quarterback in this league, but for whatever the reason, something has just held him back, and he was sure held back a, held back a lot in this game. He was twenty three for forty with three hundred and four passing yards, which is good. But I mean, how you can't throw for three hundred yards and only put up seven points on the board. I get it. It was the wet. The weather was not was definitely not the greatest. And the rest were all over the place with the flags and the penalties again. When they ha- when they make Tom Brady go out and basically call out the NFL for their uh, horrendous officiating, that's when you know you've got issues. But I'm I mean I'm more surprised at the fact that Tom Brady had nothing better to do on a Thursday night in late September. Uh, than to uh, sit down and watch Titans and <laughs> Jaguars. But anyway, that's another topic for another day. Uh, Jaguars, who knows if this guy Minshew is the guy. I mean, he played pretty solid in the game. But, I mean, who knows? I mean, maybe the Jaguars can pull a rabbit out of a hat and this season can be saved after all. And they can make a, a divisional wildcard push. You never know. That's why you uh, play the games. So that's remained to be seen. And the Titans, you know, they the Titans are like a roller coaster. You know, some days some days they're flying high. You know, when they beat the uh, Browns, for example, week one, they came out and they busted them in the mouth. And then they have these games like this, where it's like, really, you guys lost to this guy and this team in this environment on Thursday night. So they're they're kind of a quirky team, which is why, at least for me, I don't take the Titans seriously as a big time team to begin with. I mean, they they're seven and nine, eight and eight, nine and seven kind of ball team, kind of football team because they are so inconsistent on so many levels. But anyway, take a break. Week three preview. I pick two games: Ravens and Chiefs, Rams and Browns. Give my picks as well. Right after this. Welcome back to the Metallica TIS podcast. Let's preview week three. Give you my picks for week three. And I get you on out of here. For you to enjoy the rest of your week and weekend. First things first. Uh, two marquee games. Like I said. I only find two. There's really. When you get right down to it. There's only two 
must watch marquee games that if you were stuck in an island and you were forced to watch two games, here's are the two games I'm going to give you. First off, Ravens and Chiefs. Chiefs looking to go 3-0 for the third straight season in a row. Patrick Mahomes played absolutely phenomenal, especially in the second quarter against the Raiders on uh, last uh, Sunday back in week two. They, they have their home opener here in week three. Uh, meanwhile, the Ravens, they play their second road game in three weeks after winning their home opener against the Cardinals, like I mentioned earlier in the program. Lamar Jackson so far this season, 71% completion percentage, uh, averaging 10 yards a pass uh, with seven touchdowns and no interceptions. Patrick Mahomes is completing 71% of his passes with seven touchdowns, no interceptions as well. Nine, and the Chiefs have won nine straight games in the month of September. Chiefs are always hot in the month of September and have, and have allowed 18 points at home since 2018. So Chiefs defense has been spotty, but at home they are a very, very, very good football team. As you well know, and the Ravens basically, and I, and I tell you, this is gonna be this is gonna be one. Uh, and and here's a here's another stat: since their loss against the Chiefs in Week 14 of last season, the Ravens have won five straight regular season games, longest active winning streak in the NFL right now. And Lamar Jackson has only lost as a starting QB one time in his career so far, and that was against those very Chiefs in Week 14. In Week 14 of last season, when it came with an eyelash. Of beating the Chiefs. And that honestly is going to be the best game of the afternoon. Got two young quarterbacks. Guy that's been known for running the football. And his explosiveness with running the football. Shown that he can be a packet passing QB. He's proved this so far last two weeks. This is the. This is real. This is. In all honesty. This is the Ravens first real big test of the season. Given the fact that they've had a cakewalk. With their first two opponents being. The two teams that have had top. 15 top 10 picks in the draft being poor teams with the uh with the Dolphins and of course the Arizona Cardinals. So this is really their huge, their real big test is them playing against the Kansas City Chiefs and who knows maybe them getting to an AFC Championship game or he's being in contention of getting to an AFC Championship game all depends on how they on how well they play and if they win and beat the Kansas City Chiefs uh, tomorrow afternoon. So that will be an important uh, and good, entertaining football game to watch with the two young stars of the game, Patrick Mahomes and Lamar Jackson. Some say could end up being uh, the Brady, the Brady, the Manning versus Brady matchup that we got for for those years from the uh, all throughout the two thousands decade ending and 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 got. To about the halfway point of uh, the 2010s decade, last time, the very last time those two faced off was in the 2015 AFC Championship game. But uh, so who knows? Maybe it should be good for football and it'd be good for the rest of us if Mahomes and Lamar Jackson turn out to be uh, Brady versus Manning 2.0 as we head into the uh, new decade of the 2020s. But that should be a very, very, very exciting and compelling game. Can't wait to watch it. I'm pretty sure you guys cannot wait to see it as well. Second game is the Sunday night game of the week on NBC. The Browns playing their first Sunday night game in Cleveland since 2008. It's 11, it's 11, uh, 11 seasons. 
the Browns have hosted four Sunday night games since its since its inception since its inception back in nineteen seventy eight. Remember they put the Monday night remember they put Sunday night games on uh, ESPN. Nobody watched it, and it wasn't as big then as it is now. But they but the Browns have an zero four record when playing on uh, Sunday night, looking to get their first ever win on Sunday night football. Baker Mayfield, he won his first ever Monday night football game of his career against the Jets the other night. Not impressive. Now I mean, not it done. Not I shouldn't say not impressive. It didn't blow me away, but it was good. It was a good. It was a good decent performance from from uh, Mayfield and the company. But they got to show up and show out against uh, the uh, NFC against the NFC champion. Los Angeles Rams at home in their first Sunday night game in over 11 years and Baker Mayfield's first Sunday night game ever of his young NFL career. They got a bo- the the Browns got to sorry about that. The Browns got to basically show up and show out and take care of business against the uh against the uh, Los Angeles Rams comes Sunday night. Meanwhile, the Rams basically, they have to take, meanwhile the Rams basically, they have to take care of business against the Browns themselves. They can't get complacent. And, you know, they're 2-0. Their goal is to make it back to another Super Bowl and and try to win one. And they cannot get complacent. And they gotta go in and they gotta go in against Cleveland and they basically gotta show them what, uh, what, what, what's it all about. And they gotta bring the wood and they gotta, and they Gotta straight up punch Cleveland and Baker Mayfield right in their mouth and give them a rude awakening. Because bottom line is, the, this is uncharted territory for the Cleveland Browns playing, playing a back to back primetime games. And 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 it's a Sunday night game, something that most of these players outside of Odell and and a few other players you could nick pick, nick pick throughout the roster have haven't experienced before in their career. This is Baker Mayfield's this is Baker this is I believe this is Baker Mayfield's second home primetime game. Definitely his second definitely his first home primetime start. Remember he didn't start the game against just last year in week 2 where uh where uh Tyra Taylor got hurt and he ended and he got inserted into the game. So I believe this is his first home primetime start, but his second home primetime game of his career and his first Sunday night game of his career and the first time that he's had to play on national television on back to back weeks. So he's got a lot to prove. Not to mention the fact Baker Mayfield is one and five against teams against above five 500 teams. So he's also has that against him. You know, he's in that, you know, with he's there with the Kirk Cousins and the Andy Daltons of the world who who don't know how to base who who don't know how to beat and and uh and scar out wins against the uh against the good teams but beat up on the bad ones. So they got to take care of business on Sunday night. And that's basically where you stand as far as, you know, week two of the uh, National Football League, or excuse me, week three of the National Football League is concerned. Wrap up each and every program during the NFL season the same way I always do it. Give you my picks for week three in the NFL in the league where they play. Four. Pay.
First matchup at hand, Patriots and Jets. Like I said, the Patriots on an absolute tear these last two weeks of the season, taking care of business against at home against the uh, Steelers and on the road against the Dolphins. They return home for their first afternoon game, first home afternoon game of the season to take on the Jets, who, uh, who have really stumbled on hard times. Again, no, uh, no uh, Sam Darnold because he has mono. Trevor Simeon out for the season with the with the leg injury. It should be an ugly one if you're a Jets fan. I have New England winning 42 to 10. Bungles and Bills. Uh, Buffalo coming off of a coming off of two straight wins at MetLife Stadium, beating the Jets week one, Giants week two. It's their home opener. Meanwhile, speaking of home openers, the Bungles completely bungled their home opener as they absolutely fell flat on their face getting whooped by the 49ers like I brought up in the opening monologue. Bungles, they got to do something. I'm a fan. Bills are no playoff team by any stretch of the imagination. They're having a good little run, but Cincinnati, I think, is going to wake up and smell the roses. And I think Zach Taylor will get his first win as NFL head coach by the final score of 30-20 to against the Buffalo Bills. Cowboys and Dolphins. Dolphins have gotten absolutely steamrolled week one by the Ravens, week two by the Patriots. And it doesn't get any better for them as they play the hot Dallas Cowboys who have been an out, who have been on absolute tear since the season started. Jace Witten and all, Zeke, Deck, everybody's on fire. Uh beware uh, all Dolphin fans because it's gonna be an ugly one. Thirty one to seven. I have Dallas beating the uh, Miami Dolphins. Uh, Green, the Packers and the Broncos. Broncos coming off of a hard loss, coming off of a tough loss at home against the against the Chicago Bears. You know, Nick Vic Vangio, Fangio, uh, old defensive coordinator for the Bears last year. You know, what Bears couldn't make a kick to save their lives. He leaves, gets a job in Denver, and the Bears have a kicker. And lo and behold, the kicker ends up beating Vangio in the game with the with the help of ref ball and a very, very skinny-or-teeth-lucky timeout that the Bears called at the end of the game. Meanwhile, Green Bay is coming off of a, a nice win. Or at home in their home opener last week against the Vikings, at having lost against the uh, excuse me having beaten the uh, Chicago Bears in week one, so they're two and zero, looking to be three and zero, and I think they'll get to three and zero. I think they will beat the Broncos twenty six to twenty. Falcons and Colts, Colts one and one. If I'm not one and one of them, if I'm not mistaken, let me make sure I get that right. Uh, yes, one and one. All right, good. Falcons have a two and fourteen all-time record against the Colts. Falcons won a tough, won a tough nail biter in their home opener last Sunday night against the Eagles. Uh, the Eagles really had no business in the game. That you can tell that Atlanta isn't the same team that they have been a couple of years ago. But I think Atlanta will win the game just on pure talent of the roster alone. I think Atlanta will win 25-17. Chiefs and Ravens, the game of the week in my opinion. 
I already brought it up for, I already gave you the storylines and set up the game for you. Now it's time for me to give you who I think will win the game. Kansas City, I think this will be Baltimore's kryptonite that will be kicking them in the tail for the last, for the next few years will be Kansas City. Kansas City will win 28-24. It's going to be a good football game. Uh, the Vikings and the Raiders. Vikings coming off of a loss at the hands of the Green Bay Packers last week. Meanwhile, the Raiders coming off of a uh, whooping served up by Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs last week. As, they, as the Raiders play their first road game of the season, I think the Vikings will win 26-19. Philadelphia, like I said a few minutes ago, coming off of a rough loss on the road against the Atlanta Falcons. Meanwhile, the Detroit Lions are coming in. Detroit Lions are coming in at having beat the uh, Chargers last week. They're at 1-0-1 to begin the season. I think the... I think the uh, Eagles will win the game by the final score of 28-17. to 17. Arizona and Carolina. Carolina coming off of a ugly loss at home against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They really got to get something going. But I, I, but uh, Colin Murray showed me something. Showed they, uh, you know, I've been, uh, I've been a little bit doubtful on Colin Murray and the Cardinals, especially that Cardinal offense. They're not going to be world beaters per se, but they, I think they're going to perform well tomorrow, and I think that I think Colin Murray's going to uh, put up big numbers for the uh, Cardinals, and I think the Cardinals will win, thirty-one to twenty. Tampa Bay and the. Giants, Giants benching Daniel Jones is Daniel Jones' first uh, career NFL start. Giants, of course, 0-2. Meanwhile, the Bucks on the outside are 1-1, having beat the uh, Panthers last Thursday night of about a 10, 10 plus days ago. I think Tampa Bay will win 27 to 21. Chargers and Texans, Texans just barely beating. Uh, the Jaguars last week because Leonard Fournette came within about a yard of tying the game late in the fourth quarter. Meanwhile, uh, the Chargers lost another tough, lost a tough one, uh, lost a tough one in Detroit uh, last week. So, and I have the uh, Chargers winning that game, 26 to 17. Moving on to the moving on to the Seahawks and the Saints game game that had the potential to be this one of my third marquee games of the weekend, but no Drew Brees, so the game kind of loses its value. It's Teddy Bridgewater against Russell Wilson. Need I say more? The games in Seattle. The Seahawks will win twenty-four to fourteen. San Francisco's look pretty impressive, winning back-to-back -back road games to start the season, smacking my Bengals in the mouth week week two, beating the Bucks in week one. They make their home opener against the Pittsburgh Steelers, who are 0-2. Like I said early in the program, Steelers are finished through kaput. San Francisco is a better football team than me and a lot of other people are giving them credit for. I think San Francisco will win their home opener 36-13. Last two games of the weekend, the two primetime games, Rams and the Browns. 
the Ram, the Rams coming off of a uh, impressive win, like I told you early in the program, against the Saints, and they beat the Panthers week one. They're two and zero as they take on the Cleveland Browns again one more time. Their first post, excuse me, their first prime, their first Sunday night game in eleven years. Baker Mayfield's first Sunday night football and first Sunday night football uh, start and his second and his second primetime uh, uh, start and his third primetime game and his first uh, Sunday night football start and so it's a lot of firsts and seconds there and I think but and even and I'm just not yet sold on the Rams and I think Baker Mayfield will come out uh, with the and I think he'll will be dangerous as he likes to say will come out and beat the Rams 27 to 20 Redskins and Bears is a Monday night game. Bears coming off of a clutch last-minute win at, on the road against the Denver Broncos thanks to the foot of uh, Alfonso Ribeiro. I think that's what his name is. And I'm not, is that, let me make sure I get this right. Uh, Eddie Pinheiro, I'm sorry. Uh, Ed, off the foot of Eddie Pinheiro, made a clutch field goal late in the ball game. That improves the Bears to 1-1 one one as they go on the road and take on the Redskins who fall on hard times. They are 0-2, having blown a 19-point lead to the Eagles in Week 1 and getting and getting stomped on by the division rival Cowboys uh, in Week 2 at home. This is their second straight uh, home game, their first out-of-division uh, game of the season. They're already down by two games in the division. And if they want to make any headway in trying to get this NFC East division, which is still possible, but they got to make some headway. Uh, but I think, you know, Case Keenum, Monday Night Football, they're 0-2. Bears offense isn't all that great. I mean, Trubisky, he's okay, but he's, you know, he's, you know, he's, he's okay. He, he's good enough to get the job done for you, but the defense will keep the Bears in the game. I think Washington will win the game 24-2-27. So, that is your week three picks for the third week of the 2019 NFL season. I want to thank you for listening to another episode of the Amatelica TIS podcast. Uh, if you're new to the podcast and like what you heard, uh, please subscribe down below or up top or wherever you're listening, regardless what the platform is. Give it a like. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, give it a, give it a rate, give it a, a five-star rating. Uh, share it with your friends, family, co-workers, uh, acquaintances, teammates, whoever it might be that enjoys listening uh, to Sports Talk. Be sure to follow me on Twitter at, at the J underscore Shield and and the uh, and the show on uh, on Twitter. The ha- the handle uh, for the Amitelica TIS Twitter page is in my bio. So enjoy. Week three, as <laughs> Justin Timberlake takes us out. Enjoy week three of the NFL, everybody. Fall is here starting this week. So be prepared for the cold weather, even though it should be pretty warm here in the Baltimore area. But anyway, enjoy week three of the National Football League. Happy birthday to my mother. It's her birthday on the 22nd of September, so happy birthday to her. God bless. Thanks, y'all, for listening. Y'all take care. See ya.